It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is pretty pleased that the Flyers have started out the season 2-0. Yeah, I mean, we all knew it. We all knew they'd be in first place. Absolutely. <laughs> your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag coming up on Wednesday, so get those questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest Flyers news that win against the Vancouver Canucks. Plus, it's Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so watch us over there as well. Russ, we were concerned about Owen Tippett and what was going to happen with his injury. He's officially on the IR now. So they called up Jackson Cates and Ollie Lixell. Uh, to cover some roster spots. They put Hayden Hodgson through waivers uh, and sent him down to Lehigh Valley, uh, which I thought was interesting because they were going to give that fourth line like locked in and, and give it a shot. But that was there very was no lived. explanation for it either. Like as to why, like what was hurt? What was wrong with his play that you sent him down? It was just like he just sent him down. I didn't like it. You're right. There wasn't enough detail in the explanation, just that he hadn't been doing enough. But then he didn't give him many minutes in that first game. Right. To, what do you want him to do? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I think he overvalues it for some guys. Like, we'll talk about the Vancouver game, but he pumped up Delorier. I thought I felt like way too much for that Vancouver after the Vancouver game. Yeah, I, I think so too. But you know. Bigger fish to fry with this team, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the Vancouver game was, I think, a cautionary tale, but impressive as well. And I think that with the Flyers beating the Devils and the Canucks to open the season, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like these are not great teams. But that right. being said, Flyers did a lot of really good things, especially in this game against Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, the work ethic's definitely a lot better. I mean, these are a lot of the same players who didn't do it for Mike Yo and are doing it for Torts. So, you know, they didn't come back from anything last year. Like, that was – they were mentally fragile, fragile and they were broken. Um, so these guys are, are are coming back. And and so that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, Vancouver, the power play, I don't know. They It was just awful. Like, awful to the point where they even took Quinn Hughes off the top power play for one of them. And then they put him back on. They didn't know what to do. Uh, JT Miller post game had a little minor, um, you know, not I don't want to say freak out, but he got really frustrated and mad uh, because he's been on on the ice for either seven or eight, all eight of their goals. Mm -hmm. It's the contract. 
I think it's the contract because, again, he is a really good player. He's not a great player. And all of a sudden you're getting paid like a great player in a Canadian market. And so I think he's feeling the um, the effects of that. So the Flyers did a lot of things well, but I got to say the, the Canucks were so sloppy in their own end. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah, you mentioned the Canucks' dreadful power play. Uh, on the penalty kill, the Flyers were actually up on the Canucks 4-2 to two in shots. Now, not yeah. counting the empty net scramble, scramble at the end, because that's not a traditional power play. But still, I mean, for the Flyers, the Flyers to be up in shots on the Canucks' power play overall in a game, I think is pretty telling. Well, they're going to focus on that because I think they know – that they're going to have some limited offense in games, especially against tougher teams. So it does look like they're going to try the power kill thing that Columbus would do and, and mm -hmm. get points. They're there. slowly uh, building toward it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teams, or I shouldn't say a lot of teams, a lot of prospects for like this draft coming up that I've been interviewing have been talking about the really offensively gifted ones have been slowly opening up to me on how, even though they're on the penalty kill, they're still trying to create offense. And I think that's a trend in hockey right now. So they're, they're smart to try and do it. And I think that's why they're switching around personnel. Cause I think they're trying to find the right guys to do it. Yeah. Well, and I guess to some degree it worked in this game with the flyers getting that shorthanded goal, which was beautiful, by the way, I it still was. can't believe Travis Konechny got that bank, like pretty Great close pass. on target. Yeah. And Scott, well, we should talk about Konechny for a really minute. Cause picked his shot. He did not to interrupt, but, the reason, you know, because I see comments and whatever, people are like, oh, look, Connecty's great. We should, we definitely shouldn't have traded him. For one thing, it's early, but it does look like he's catching on with the torts thing. But he also did a tremendous amount of work in the offseason that he admitted himself because this is a different Travis Connecty than what we saw last year. Yeah, I think so too. So far, again, like you said, small sample size. Right. You know, you can't really extrapolate much from two games, but. That being said, I think that, yeah, Travis Konechny does look a lot different so far and has said as much. And I think that there was perfectly good evidence to suggest that maybe he would not thrive under Torrance. And yeah. there was a really good reason to think that it would be a good opportunity to get some assets back for a guy like him. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're saying that the Flyers should do a rebuild. So I, I do think that um, it, it's a really good thing that Konechny, it looks a lot different this year, but going to be cautious about it and not yes. get, try and get overexcited uh, before we uh, count on continued good play. Again, hoping for it, but uh, just want to be rational about it. Yeah, you got to be. Tortorella said after the game that he went into the locker room after the first period and made it a point to say, you guys are playing great. You're doing all the right things. You just need to keep it up and it'll come. And I, I think that was really important because it's true. I mean, you know, there is the side that Vancouver was not playing great, but it just, you know, happened to get those two goals. But I feel mm -hmm. like just starting to say those things and build confidence that just being down isn't enough to trash the team, right? Yeah, I think that was a positive because Vancouver had two goals on four shots. Like, that's not great. Um, but but Torts took the tact of not ripping them and doing that, and maybe that was a positive. Uh, he probably wished he didn't say that because the Flyers' power play was awful. 
Like mm-hmm. they are lacking confidence in a major, major way. Like I know they were one for five and yes, that's better than Vancouver, but there were two power plays where I think they got two shots if they were lucky. Like they couldn't even get the puck in the zone. Yeah, they had uh, four power play shots on goal total on five chances. Oof. Yeah, not great. Not great. I still no. so far like what power play two was doing better. I thought they moved the puck quicker. Yeah. I thought they were, again, more creative. I just feel like that power play one right now is a little stagnant. Now, I like it with Farabee there. I think he gives it a little something extra, but I just, I almost want them to move Farabee back to power play two and just have that be the power play one unit, right? Uh, I think Farabee's a really good power play guy, though. But but here's, it's a double-edged sword because you have Farabee playing these power plays. You have him playing some PK. It's mm-hmm. too many minutes for him. I don't know what he ended up at, but I remember at one point in the third period, he had 16 minutes. Like, I just think they need to ease up on the gas on that. Because, again, that's the one thing about Torts. He's not going to worry about or think about Travis Konechny's injury ever again unless he tells him something. So he's just going to play him as many minutes as he feels like. But I feel like there has to be a little caution here. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that in trying to do some of this experimentation that we've been talking about, it has affected some guys' minutes, some for the better in terms of getting more opportunities, but also getting some more of those minutes might be a little wear and you know, add to the wear and tear. Yeah, and that's what I worry about. Like for someone like Morgan Frost, it's been great, right? Like getting those extra minutes, he, you know, he's. They, they're letting him like be creative on that second power play, which is good with the slingshot, which I hate. But again, with Frost carrying the puck, it works it's good. for him. He's the only one where I like it. Right, right. He is the right guy to do it with. So I'm okay with it. And I do feel like it's brought out his creativeness and everything else. And even he said like, hey, he had a better, he's had better games than that two goal game, but goals went in for him. And that's something that didn't happen last year. So, you know, that's been good. Kate's at center has been good so far, struggling a little on faceoffs, but but has been good. And it, you know his play away from the puck is one of the best on the team. So that there there are good things. D'Angelo on the power play, like I know he got two assists. He's not shooting enough. Like this is your offensive guy on the top power play. He's got to shoot more. He just kept passing, passing. Like I didn't understand that at some point you got to shoot. Well, we're going to talk more about Tony D'Angelo, Noah Cates, and some standout performances, both good and bad, in that game coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the latest in security technology, powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who will always have your back. Simply Safe's advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch the an HD live stream from the security cameras or monitor the wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. There are even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive 
monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL channel, available on Odyssey, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I think one name we haven't mentioned yet so far is Carter Hart. And I think he had a very similar pattern to the first game, struggling a little bit at first, but really locked it down. And he came up huge in the second and third period. Yeah, he he did. I mean, he was under siege again. Uh, Again, this is a, a trend, at least for two games, where maybe gives up one early locks it down, but then the defense sort of goes south on them too. And and that's something where you kind of wish they could protect the, the goal a little better for him. I know Torts talked about it, but we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, I think that he knows what's going on, at least from the way he's talked about it. And I feel like his confidence is at least where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, we talked about again, you know, in the devil's game and in the preseason, the fact that he didn't play, maybe it's just going to take him a few games uh, to get back into his more routine and just being completely locked down to start the game. But um, I am very pleased with his play, especially with the uh, empty net towards the end. I think he made a couple of key saves there. And I, I think, you know, there's, there's a, I think, better communication and better coordination with the defensemen in front of them so far. Yeah, but this is a year where you really can't judge him on statistics because, like, those first couple of goals on four shots, like, the team, like, they let Connor Garland just walk in and choose the far corner. Like, nobody, there was no problem there. He, I think even he was shocked how far in he could get before he had to release the puck. Those kinds of things are not his fault, and it's going to show up on the stat sheet. So he's never going to have Vezina numbers with this team or this defense. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Uh, we did talk about Travis Konechny, so definitely a highlight of the game. Yep. And Scott Lawton with that shot. I thought he had nice. overall a good game as well. I thought um, his play across the board was, was pretty good. Uh, was there anybody else for you that stood out in a good way? Anybody? Uh, you know, I still think Ivan Provorov's playing well. I mean, he's he's their best condition athlete. He's playing a lot of minutes. Uh, I don't see him at making mistakes, and sometimes you don't even notice him at all, which is good compared to last year where you would. So I think um, Provorov is is one of those guys. Uh, you know, we talked about Noah Cates' play away from the puck. That's been really good. You know, after that, I think there's been some good and spotty play. We talked about Morgan Frost. That was good. But there's been a lot of spotty play, too. I would say one more for me would be Wade Allison. I thought um, he's really learning that line between aggressiveness and danger for him. I think that he's really focusing on that. And his shot selection is pretty good so far as well. All three of his shots on goal in the game were high danger 
So mm-hmm. uh, that that is a good sign for him as well. The um, only thing is he had that penalty right at the end of the uh, second period, which could kill momentum sometimes. Yeah. So you got to yeah, watch that a little. There was that. All right. On like the not so great, not atrocious, but not so great side of things. Um, yeah. I just think Kevin Hayes still isn't there yet. No. He... Um, there were definitely some bad turnovers. Like, I get it. He's playing up, and he's not a number one. We all know that. But he also was going up against JT Miller, who's not really a number one. We all know that, too. So, And he knows JT Miller, so you think he could have done better against him. He just, you know, I know he got a point. Just mm-hmm. didn't love it. Didn't love his first game. I, I just don't feel like he is really locked in. He's saying all the right things. You know, there are some murmurs in the press box. Like we are wondering, um, are the injuries that he's taken, taken a toll on him? And maybe he's not going to be close to the Kevin, Kevin Hayes that first came in like a house on fire. So that's where we're going to have to see what happens with him this season. Yeah, I feel like his brain is there, but his body just hasn't caught up. Right. You can see the instincts are there, but he's like, he's still a little slow. And that just yeah. prevents him from doing some of the things that I think he does best. Um, yeah, that, and that's think- something you're right about the slow part, because the top line for um, with Elias Patterson, even though he may not have scored, uh, he had some major shots on that. And what they were doing was they kept doing a pass off the sideboard, not off the sideboard, but they kept going down the sideboards on the right side because they found like they could do a stretch pass there and get open ice for their guys. And Pedersen was one of them. And these are dangerous shots. The other person for me is Travis Sanheim that again, fine, like didn't Mm -hmm. like cause any problems per se, but I just felt like, it could have been usage. It could have been uh, situational, but I just feel like he didn't like do the things he does best as much. Yeah, I think that's fair. I haven't thought good or bad of him, which I think is bad, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. it? Just feels like you know, you just got the new big contract. Maybe it's something similar to what JT Miller is going yeah. through. There are, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it is a thing. I know we all say, oh, I'd love to make that kind of money. Yeah. But you also have a lot more pressure when you make that kind of money. Yeah, I think so too. We've talked about Noah Cates a little bit, but you know, when they do the three stars of the game at the mm-hmm. end, if I did name a four star, it would have been Noah Cates. Yeah. Because I just feel like even though obviously the scoreboard didn't reflect it, um, his, PK minutes were phenomenal, um, again, on a really good penalty kill in that game. And the adjustment to the center position is going well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, minus the face-off situation, you could tell, like, he did 13 face-offs in the first game and only took five in the second game. So you can yeah. see what's going going on there. But, um, yeah, I'd give it to Noah Cates. No, same here. Um do you have any worry yet about Cam Atkinson? I, I'm starting to. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of a break after the two Florida games. There's like a few days. And so if he's not playing in that game against the Preds, I think that's when I start to worry. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, and, and, you know, and the Owen Tippett injury, 
you know, when he led the guy into the boards, I thought it's either his shoulder or a concussion. Either way, it's not good. And so I don't feel like he's going to be back for a little while. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Uh, so annoying and really upsetting for him. Yeah, and we should acknowledge that the fans, even though Ali Lixel got the call up, which is fair, he had a really good camp, the fans wanted Tyson Forster in the worst way to get the call up. I could say where it's maybe a little early, but I could also see it like either way, just because you're trying it. So I don't know what your feeling is on it, but I know the fans wanted Forster. Yeah, I think honestly, the Lixel call up made sense to me because um, with the Phantoms starting their season up this past weekend, getting Tyson Forster those minutes was probably more important than getting Ali Lixel minutes. I mean, looking at Ali Lixel's ice time, it was pretty pretty light overall. Yeah, I mean, there were yeah, all those he had nine penalty. minutes. Yeah, there were a lot of penalty kills, so maybe that's a part of it. But this is yeah. also torts, and if you're not producing early, you're probably not getting those those minutes anyhow. That uh, look two day two days ago, I think it was after the Devils game. I mean, Torts basically said, "Look, I'm trying these guys out because I have to. I have to get mm -hmm. production. We have to look to the future. If he didn't have to do that, would he do it?" that's where you have to ask yourself the question. He's doing it because he has to. Does, yeah, but who else does he have to call up? No, no, but injuries? that's the point. But if he were on a team where, let's say we're like the Devils, who have a little bit more on offense, a little bit more on defense, and then you were thinking about putting the kids in, he would probably put in fewer of them. And so he's doing it now because he has to. But the thing is, he's also going to just summarily send them down like Hodgson too, without any real chance Hayden Hodgson did not get a chance I'm not saying he belongs in the NHL but I'm saying when you do this give these guys a little more chance I understand the cap is a part of it too and you got to keep rotating some people in and out because the cap is a disaster like I get that all right well that's something to keep an eye on as the games progress and who gets rotated in and out and why and all of that stuff to see if, you know, some of these younger guys get at least, you know, two or three games consecutively. And so you have some data to, to work with. But uh, coming up next, it's Monday. I'm excited. We have another Nemesis of the Week. Russ, uh, we were just talking about this very thing and managing to the cap and, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with injuries and who you're going to call up. That was our nemesis last week. So very appropriate. <laughs> I think, or I don't know if appropriate is the it's right playing word. into it already. Yeah. 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 So it was a good nemesis to have last week because it, it absolutely came up with uh, try, trying to deal with the bottom part of the roster and, mm -hmm. and playing the kids. I think for me, the nemesis this upcoming week is facing the tougher competition on the road. We got two wins to start the season. That's really great. I'm very happy. I know some tanking people may not be, but I think building confidence and building resiliency like this team has is, is very important. When yeah. you go do things like play a back-to-back -back in the state of Florida and then having another game on the road, against the Preds who are not elite, but are still a good team. And, and going into Nashville is a, is a really tough building to play in. Oh yeah. And, and they're physical. And, they could out physical mm -hmm. you. Um, so I, I get it. My, and my nemesis 
uh, on that trip is going to be where they choose to use Sam Erson because to me, I got to use him against the Panthers. I can't put him up against Tampa. I just think that's a horrible way to break in a kid uh, for his first NHL game. Uh, do it against Florida because if you do it against Nashville, like you said, it's a raucous building and, and they are a semi-dirty team too mm-hmm. with a lot of guys that will you know rush the net. Tampa just has all those veterans. They got a guy like Stamkos who could destroy you. I would take my chances against Florida. I think so too. I think it's also important to give Carter Hart another game in a row when you have the the rest days in between to be able to do it. Just again, because of what we were talking about in the last segment with him needing to build some of that confidence and getting his gameplay up early. So I would absolutely have Carter Hart play against Tampa and the Preds. I, I think he could handle it. And then just give an arson a shot against Florida and just cross your fingers I, that the defense, you know, it gets it together enough to support him. Right. Well, that's the thing. I think in that game, and and I don't know, again, we didn't even talk about Rasmus Ristolainen. I don't know what his status is um, with his knee. I think it's his knee, right? We don't even know what his status is. I mean, it'd be nice if you could get him back for that game, because that would be one where he would really be needed to kind of clear the, uh, the crease area out for the kid. Yeah, exactly. We have a lot to talk about with, especially with that Florida back to back. We're going to do that on tomorrow's show to kind of preview the beginnings of that road trip. And, uh, you know, again, talking about which kids are going to get brought up and which ones are going to be sent down. We're going to check in with the phantoms first week of action so far on tomorrow's show as well and see who might get that next call up based on their play so far. Um, I do want to wrap up with a fun thing. Man, I love first NHL games for so Mm -hmm. many reasons. I love first NHL goals. I don't care what team you're on or what player. Just seeing those pictures with the holding the puck and the big smile is great. But I also love the solo lap. And everybody knows it's coming. And you do it anyway because it's tradition. It's it's a fun thing that hockey does. Ali Lixel's solo lap is our Flyers fun thing today. I do want to add one fun thing that I think the Flyers missed on um, in their video presentation. They're showing a lot of like buildings and skyscrapers. They should have shown like torts up on a uh, scaffolding, having like lunch with the uh, the construction oh crew on the sky on the skyscraper. That would have been great. Like you just video, you know, he doesn't have to be there. You just make it look like he's there, and it would be funny. Yeah. Oh, I guess like a bonus uh, kudos to the game crew at the Flyers game yesterday who put the Phillies game up on the big board. Uh, yeah, but they got booze. I, I do have to tell you this. So everybody was like asking me, I don't know why they're asking me. I mean, because I just been there you're the while. baseball guy, right? Right. And they were like, are they going to leave this up there? I'm like, no, the minute play starts, they're not leaving it up there. They're like, but, but they're close to clinching. I'm like, I'm telling you, they're turning it off. So what did they do? Face off started because they were on a TV timeout. They turned it off. Booze started raining. <laughs> All of a sudden, they went to a split screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least everybody got to see the series clinching moment yes. for the Phillies. So that was a good thing. And, it was. Uh, the Philly sports vibes are hot right now. So They are, but it's going to cause problems for next um, week's game against the Sharks. There's talk that they may have to switch that 
time because mm. it was a seven o'clock Sunday night game, and that may end up getting switched now. Yeah, well, it, that'll be difficult to do because it's a back second half of a back to back for the Flyers, so mm. they've got to account for the rest time as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a PA rule about that. I will be see. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe the Phillies will play earlier. Yeah, we, we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure they'll let us know. Uh, I think At the last minute, that, <laughs> probably. That's the NHL for you. But uh, so if you have any questions out there related to the road trip this week or any individual Flyers or Phantoms players, send them in to us. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Make your next listen locked on fantasy hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice every Monday through Friday. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.